You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome on the line. It's the author of the bulletin. It's Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, hi, Ian. Yeah, not doing too bad, thanks. Uh, yourself? Yeah, no, I'm surviving. I'm surviving this cold. Um, but um, fortunately, the weather has taken something of an upturn, which has significantly helped with our fixture congestion. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, plenty to talk about. Um, yeah, last week, plenty of, well, teams playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, some of them. So, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy week. Yeah, we have lots of games to talk about and lots of, lots of games to preview as well. Um, this is, of course, episode 36 of the Western League podcast, and we will start with the fixtures on Monday the 9th of April, where Welton Rovers, the Green Army, had a thumping win away at Bishop's Lydiard. It is. Uh, 6-2. That must be one of the... They're better away wins this season. Uh, Courtney Charles got them got them started with a couple of early goals alongside Chris Pyle, so they were three 0 up after eighteen minutes. I think they arrived late at the ground, so even even more impressive. Um, uh, then it was Jackson Hamilton adding a fourth uh, in the lead up to half time uh, before Aaron Cockrell extended the lead uh, to five from the spot uh, quite early in the second half, so pretty much game over from then. Uh, James Quick and Ryan Brereton did get goals back for Bishop City, but also Lewis Dixon scoring for Welton uh, to make it six. That was his first goal for the club. And also in the first division, Malmesbury Victoria, they entertained Cheddar. They did, uh, and it was another away win there as well. Uh, Adam Jones scoring in a goal that one, so yeah, one nil win for Cheddar at Malmesbury. Now moving on to Tuesday the 10th of April, we had some Premier Division action where Bitten were at home to Hengrove Athletic. Yeah, they were. Uh, they finally uh, they ended a 3-2 three, three winners uh, in that one. They did lead 2-0 early on, uh, thanks to Alex Grimshaw and Dean Griffiths, uh, but then Hengrove fought back with... Uh, James Boyle and Brandon Tahili helping them yeah, to get level. Uh, within 50 minutes from time, it was uh, Ibrahima Diallo from the spot. Uh, he converted the penalty, and it was Ditton uh, who ran out 3 2 winners. Now, last week's podcast's guests um, was Cabri Heath, and uh, they suffered well and truly the curse of the podcast because um, they, um, they uh, really had a humbling at home to Bradford Town. Yeah, they did a little bit. Uh, Bradford scoring three goals in either half, a 6 1 win. I think that was their biggest away win of the season in the league. Uh, so yeah, uh, Karen Randell, uh, he opened the scoring with a scissor kick uh, before Matt Huxley did actually equalise for Cadbury Heath, but that was as good as it got. Uh, for the home side, Matt Morris uh, also scoring as well as substitutes Martin Lenahan and uh, Rick Davis, uh, and there was also a break for Will Harrison, so yeah, lots of goal scorers there for Bradford, a 6-1 win. Now, two teams not separated by a, a huge amount of distance, but um, by an absolute chasm in the league. A well city and street, and street kept up their impressive winning streak. Yeah, indeed. Um, top v bottom, or bottom v top, uh, looking at Wells being at home, and it was, yeah, the away team obviously running out. 3 0 uh, winners of their street, yeah. Uh, Aidan Cheney bagging a goal in either half uh, for the Cobblers, and there was also a goal for Steve Murray, so yeah, uh, pretty easy. 3-0 uh, win for street. A good crowd there on, uh, on a Monday or Tuesday night. Yeah, very good crowd, 156. Yeah. Um, in the first division, um, Bristol Telephones, uh, in a, well, what was virtually a turnaround from Saturday's um, game against um, against Radstock Town, Bristol Telephone entertained the Miners. Yeah, uh, and it was Radstock who came out on, on top again. 3-2 uh, winners, so following that win uh, the previous Saturday, as you say, uh, goals from Danny Golding and Ben Griffiths did put Bristol Hurfones uh, in command, uh, but then a brace from James Rustle uh, and also Morgan Skip, uh, he managed to get a goal. Uh, yeah, Radstock coming from behind to win that one 3 2. 
and Carn Town, they took on Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a theme. I don't know if we're going to yeah, mention it quite a lot, but teams coming from behind to win, and that was, that was the same here. Uh, Ashton, Ashton and Backwell, 2-1 winners at Carn. Uh, yeah, coming from behind, and it was Joe Delaney and Jason Radnich scoring uh, their goals uh, in the victory. High-flying Canesham Town, uh, they took on Corsham Town. Yeah, crucial, crucial three points this one. Obviously, it's extremely tight at the top. And it was Canesham, 2-1 winners, so not, a, not an easy night for them, but they did come out with the three points. It was Harley Purnell and Nathan Kernoff scoring after the break for them. And Devizes Town, they entertained Chard Town. Yeah, another 2-1 scoreline there, uh, and it was Devizes' own side. Uh, who took, took the three points, Matt Russell uh, and Matt Lever helping them defeat Chard, who uh, for Liam Cleal had scored for them earlier in the game. Now, moving into Wednesday, the 11th of April, and, uh, well, well uh, Wellington, they took on Melksham Town. Yeah, uh, pretty uh, entertaining again this one. Uh, an early red card for Melksham, uh, and they were also behind at the break, but they did manage to, to end, uh, end the night as 3-2 winners. Uh, John Davis getting them back into the game uh, with an equaliser uh, before Gary Higdon, obviously, the main man, uh, he put them ahead. Uh, Wellington did actually manage to get level uh, to make it 2 all, so they were... Uh, up a man, but uh, they were unable to hold on. So it was Melksham who came out the three-two winners. It was uh, the winner coming from Francois Allen. So yeah, handing Melksham the three points. And William Rovers they entertained Hallen. Yeah, there was late goals there. Uh, Hallen had gone ahead uh, ten minutes from time through Daryl Charman, uh, but William did manage to get a point. Uh, and it was Ryan Guppy equalising in the 88th minute for them. Uh, and in the first division, Westbury United they entertained Welton Rovers. Well, they did get, and it was a 4-1 win for Westbury, so a nice home win, obviously, Welton with the short turnaround having played uh, Monday night. Uh, it was pretty cagey in the opening half, but then uh, Josh Ferguson headed them ahead, uh, and then soon after, Dan Kovacs, was their top scorer, uh, scored to make it 2-0. Uh, an unfortunate own goal, um, yeah, made it 3, uh, before Kovacs added the second of the, the night to make it 4, uh, before Malik Jame. Uh, got, a, got a consolation for Welton, but yeah, pretty, pretty easy win for, for Westbury, that one, 4-1. Now we move into Thursday, the 12th of April, and in the Premier Division, Bitten at home again, and, um, well, they're in, a, they're in a good run of form, aren't they? They, uh, they took on Shepton Mallet. Pretty imp- impressive win, this one. 2-0 uh, at home to Shepton Mallet, and it was Kane Ingram uh, and Matt Groves getting bitten. Yeah, another win. And Chipping, um, Chipping Sodbury Town, they took on Cadbury Heath. Yeah, and Chipping Sodbury had to come from behind uh, to gain a point in this one. Obviously, Cabra Heath, another team with a, a pretty short turnaround after another midweek game. Uh, and it was George Box who scored uh, twice for Chilling Sudbury to help them yeah, come from 2 0 down to, to gain a 2 all draw there. Now, Street, they nearly suffered a wobble at Clevedon Town, mm-hmm. but um, the streak continues. <laughs> it did. Uh, they were two up quite early on, uh, thanks to their goal and also Craig Herod. Uh, but then Saiku Jane and Leon Dempsey managed to get Clevedon level. Uh, they looked likely actually grab a fight as you say and then end this winning streak but Street um, managed to hold on uh, and it was Jake Morford who restored their lead uh, on the hour mark uh, they did lose um, Matt Hurley to a red card pretty late on but uh, yeah and they were able to hold on so yeah the Street Street continues a 3-2 win away at Cleveland and Hengrove Athletic they took on Brislington yeah all the goals coming after half time in this one uh, Asa White had put uh, Hengrove ahead uh, before Brislington turned the game on its head uh, through Nickel Plummer and Lewis Britton uh, but then uh, Asa White, sorry, White struck again, and just after Jack Filling had missed a, missed a penalty to the home side, in fact. Uh, so, yeah, they missed their, their best opportunity, but then White did manage to strike uh, soon after to make it two all, uh, and that was how that one finished. And in the first division, Devizes Town took on Cheddar in front of a very healthy crowd. 
Yeah, it did. Uh, and it was another away win for Cheddar, this one. 5-2 uh, away at Devizes. Uh, Stephen Pennington, the main man for them. He scored a hat-trick on the night. Uh, yeah, alongside goals from uh, Callum Ham, I think. So, yeah, that was a, a good win for the Chiefs. And finally, in the first division, Warminster Town. Poor old Warminster. They can't buy a win at the moment. And uh, the visitors on this occasion were Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, uh, Oldland claiming their first away uh, victory in the league since January. So, yeah, pretty important result for them. Three uh, one, uh, they kept run out winners, uh, and all got all the goals coming after half time. And it was Luke Lacrasse, Joe Walters, uh, and then Liam Gale, uh, a man we'll be hearing about later on. Uh, they got their goals on that night. Now moving on to Saturday, the fourteenth of April. So um, the only games we didn't, the only day we didn't have games last week was Friday, um, but we did have a pretty full schedule on Saturday, the fourteenth. And in the Premier Division, we start with high flying Bradford Town at home to Wells City. Yeah, tough week for Wells, taking on um, some of the top sides. Uh, no surprise they It did suffer a 4 1 defeat, unfortunately, at Bradford. Uh, and it, but it did take Bradford uh, 40 minutes to open the scoring uh, through Mark Wall. Uh, but then soon after, just before the break, uh, Sam Jordan managed to double the lead. Uh, Ricky Scott then uh, made it 3 0 with a well taken free kick uh, before Martin Lenahan completed the scoring. So, yeah, pretty, pretty easy win for Bradford, 4 1 winners. Now, Bridgewater Town, they're a side that we've, um, we've talked about as being a, a, a real threat in the Premier Division, that, but they came unstuck at home um, to Melksham Town uh, in front of an impressive crowd of 167. Yeah, indeed. They're a really good home side as well, so yeah, that's probably why they're getting, getting pretty good crowds there, but it was uh, Melksham who did run away with the victory. Uh, Gary Hickson, I don't think anyone can really stop him at the moment. Uh, two more goals to tally, I think that's 34 in the league now this season, so yeah. Uh, he was very much the difference between those two sides. Uh, Freena wins from action. And um, Bridport, they were at home, my word. There's a, there's a rarity mm-hmm. this yeah. season. They were at home to Hengrove Athletic. Yeah, they waited a long time to be at home, but unfortunately uh, they did suffer defeat. Um, yeah, it was uh, Lee Bailey had equalised for them, uh, but then in the 89th minute, so it was uh, a late heartbreak, unfortunately, for, for the Bridport fans. Uh, but it was, yeah, as I say, a minute from time, Reese Hickory striking uh, to give Hengrove all three points in the 2 1 win. I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast Adam Fricker, the manager of Bridport. Adam, thank you very much for taking the time um, to speak no to us. Um, now, your, um, your, your last home game um, um, before the weekend was a, was a win against Bridgewater. Um, and that was all the way back in March. I say all the way back, but it was back on March the 26th. So it's been a while since your fans have had a, a home game to enjoy. Unfortunately, they didn't have much to enjoy against Hengrove, did they? No, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a great performance by uh, any stretch of the imagination. To be honest, we um, first half we were very poor. Certainly didn't live up to the expectations that we've set this season. Um, Needed a goal from Hengrove in the, you know, early on in the second half to kick us into gear, really, and um, had a had a few decisions gone our way. I think we probably would have gone on from strength to strength to win that game, but um, fair play to Hengrove. They they came down and, and and did exactly what they needed to do on the day, and uh, yeah, we, it was just a frustrating one from our perspective. Uh, Hengrove finishing strongly um, this season, which is um, an, uh, which is a, a, a theme that perhaps we'll return to in, in this interview because, of course, your both sides uh, are in are in mid table at the moment. But you have played significantly fewer games than 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 pretty much everybody in the league, with the exception of Buckland. Um, how has the number of postponements, particularly the home games, how has that affected your season? Uh, it's been bitterly frustrating from our perspective. Um, you can't get that consistency in your game. Um, you can't get that good run of form. I think 
you know, the frustrating thing from our perspective is, you know, we've probably got five or six games in hand over, you know, the majority of the teams that are above us, um, probably in that cluster of, you know, probably all the way up to Bridgewater, should we say. Um, we know if we win those games, we can finish in the top six. Um, the disappointing or maybe frustrating thing from our perspective is I'm not convinced that... Um, the run of games that we're going to end up having towards the end of the season is going to give us a true reflection on where we should have probably finished this season. Um, but unfortunately, that's that's what we're working with, and um, you know we'll just have to uh, just have to go from there. Obviously, it's bitterly frustrating um, for yourself that the the way that these fixtures have sort of panned out, you, you know, you're forced to play what is, I suppose, effectively about a quarter of the season um, in the space of uh, in the space of a month. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I said to the lads before Saturday's game, I said, you know, we've we've still almost got a third of the season to play, um, and we've got about three three to four weeks to play it in. So, um, like I say, it's it's gonna it's gonna be tough going. We know we've got um, a back to back games um, on the Tuesday and the Wednesday coming up in a couple of weeks' time, where obviously where possible we're going to try and rotate the squad as much as we physically can, um, but. You know, I think frustratingly from our perspective, you know, points will get dropped because the lads will be understandably tired. Um, where previously we may not have dropped those points if we were if we'd have played those games on the on the Saturday or the midweeks when they were originally scheduled for. So, Adam, what what can what can we do? I mean, perhaps what you and I can do is is relatively little. But obviously, the issues have been that you haven't been able to play your pitch. It's been a problem that's affected you know many clubs. We've lost weeks worth of fixtures across uh, across the leagues, including even some of the clubs that have had you know the best quality facilities. I mean, is there anything that we can do to avoid this happening in future seasons? It's uh, it's a real difficult one to be perfectly honest. Um, I think from from Bridport's perspective, I know there's a lot of work that's going to be going on in the off season um, on the pitch, um, which they're obviously going to be doing to look to try and rectify some of the issues that we've got down there. Um, I think you know I think the standard of the pitches is pretty good to be perfectly honest. You know certain, certainly in the new grounds. You look at Melksham. Um, you know they haven't had many games called off this season, um, and I think it's no coincidence that they've just had a new you know a new ground built. Um, and obviously the pitches have been have been dealt to sort of withstand the weather. But um, the obvious options are you know you you look at the artificial pitches, um, and also I think you know the, the league need to consider. Do we do we play more? Um, do we play more midweek games at the start of the season? Um, I know they have to leave them for sort of FA Cup, FA Vars replays, etc. But um, surely it would be easier to to rearrange those games and, and and try and cram as many in as you can at the start of the season. That's that's the only way. That's the only way I see it because you know the minute you hit November to to January, it's it's a bit of a lottery to be honest. I mean, I've spent a bit of time. Um, looking through the research that's conducted by the Football Association, you know, into the issues that are affecting grassroots um, football, and you know, the, in our area in the southwest, you know, the quality of grass pitches consistently comes out as a concern. And get, you know, given the the disruption that, that our league has faced this season, you know, you can understand why. I, I think this is quite possibly a whole game problem. You know, we, we're worried about losing Western League matches, but many of the Western League member clubs have youth teams, ladies teams, you know, even walking football and disability teams so actually it affects everybody involved in the game across the board I mean would you like to see more investment um, brought to bear from the you know from the richer pots in the game to try and improve the quality of the pitches as best we can yeah well I think without a doubt it goes without saying that you know that more investment is needed um obviously clubs certainly at our level you know 
just about survive on what they've got um, and uh, it does make it difficult you know it's a knock-on effect our reserves are, are still playing up until the end of May because obviously our fixtures at, at present are taking precedence so you know our reserves are in a situation where um, they won't have, they won't have played for about three weeks and that's not due to the weather that's because we're on the pitch and, the, and they and they can't play so it does have a it does have a massive knock-on effect and obviously financially as well for for the clubs you know you rely on the gates and, and the money behind the bar to you know to fund your season basically and uh, and you know we switched our um, recent Les Phillips Cup tied to Shepton Mallet because we needed the you know we needed to get the game on we needed to get it played and we were conscious of the backlog of games we had but you know in doing that the club forfeited um, you know quite 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 a lot of money to be honest yeah that was a I mean we talked about that on um, I think it was last week's podcast because I, I felt that that was a very brave decision because you know whilst the club forfeited the you know the, the the home gate receipts which i think you're right to point out um you know obviously you and the team forfeited your what would have been a home advantage and, and you ended up paying the ultimate price for that but but frankly that's the level that you've had to go to in order to get your games on this season yeah def- def- definitely like i say we were um yeah we were just conscious that it really got to the stage where we just we just needed to play the game um so you know it, it was quite an easy decision from our perspective from a playing side to, to switch it um you know we were quite comfortable going up to shepton and you know on, on the day going back to that game we were obviously disappointed not to get the result but when it goes to penalties it's a lottery isn't it absolutely um let's talk about football because um i've got fed up with talking about the weather <laughs> So you've got um, you've got eight home games um, coming up for the um, for the rest of the season, so um, there'll be plenty of football for um, um, for Bridport um, fans um, to be watching. Interestingly enough, you've got Bradford, Buckland, and Street um, coming up. So um, um, with it, well, obviously you're going to have a chance of, of ending Street's unbeaten run, um, but also you know in the grand mix for um, for the for the for the second promotion place, um, um, you may well have a say in that. I mean that that's um, that that will that will add an interesting twist to the end of your season. Yeah, most definitely. You know, we, the biggest you know the, the biggest challenge for for me and my management team right now is is to ensure that the lads stay focused from now until the end of the season. Um, and yeah, playing and uh, playing and having a hand in in possibly like the promotion chase could um, you know keep keeps the season alive for us. And you know, we've set the lads a target internally of where we where we expect to finish and want to finish the season. Um, and we've set them that challenge. Um, and, and yeah, it, it does. It, it brings excitement when you when you're playing against the top teams and, and it certainly brings out the best in um, in our lads as well um, and like I say yeah looking forward to the street game on Monday and you know, while we're on I think what a fantastic achievement that they've um, that they've done and, and the run that they're still currently on it's um, you know it's, it's just phenomenal really to to do that at any level of football so have they got a target on their back are you looking forward to ending that run uh, on or ending the street run, yeah. obviously, yeah, we, yeah, obviously, we, you know, we go, we go out to win every game. So, um, you know, whether it's Street, Bradford, Buckland, we'll, you know, we look to win. Um, I certainly wouldn't say it would be it would be a pleasing thing to do. You know, we'd want the three points and, and go up there. But yeah, we're sort we're not certainly targeting that to to, to knock that record off them 
for sure. But yeah, absolutely. We you know we want to win that game without a shadow of a doubt. So. Well, I, I wouldn't. I've been flippant now. I wouldn't ask that question if they weren't already <laughs> our, our champions and worthy champions. Of course, of course they are. Now you did mention just now that you have set the boys a target for the end of the season. When we spoke last, I know that really your focused, your primary objective was to ensure the survival in the Premier Division uh, of of Bridport. But um, you're in mid-table now. You've already beaten last season's points total. So where are you aiming to finish this season? Every season we look to improve, um, and we've done that this season. Um, and you know, we would at the start of the season. Off the record, we probably would have liked to have finished it within the top ten. Um, I think with the games in hand, um, that's a that's a distinct possibility for us. Um, but you know, we're pushing the lads, and, and we have said that you know we'd love we'd love to finish in the top six. Um, it's it's in our hands. Um, it's in our grasp. I think the biggest issue we're going to have is the amount of games in the short succession of time we've got to play. Those games could have a massive bearing on that, but. Um, but yeah, you know, we we feel we're certainly capable of um, capable of being in the top six, top eight of um, of the Western League without a shadow of a doubt. Well, um, what a message that would send for next season, Adam. Thank you very, very much for taking the time to speak to me today and taking time out of work. I do appreciate that, and uh, well, all the best of luck for the rest of the season. And, and I hope that the um, uh, the boys have got plenty of Lucas aid and um, shredded wheat to help them get through the uh, the awesome number of fixtures that you've got coming up. Absolutely, no problem at all. They're certainly going to need it. That's for sure. Now, Brislington, they took on Chipping Sodbury Town. Yeah, they did. Uh, no comeback this time for Chipping Sodbury. 2 0 down to Brislington, and that was how it, how it stayed at Iron Mob Lane. So, yeah, Brislington coming out with the, the three points. Buckland, in impressive form, a, um, a very healthy win at home to Hallen. Yeah, first game in over a month, I think, for Buckland. So, um, lots of postponements for them. Uh, but no, shot, no signs of rust in this one. Uh, early goals from Richard Groves had them 2 0 up after just eight minutes. Uh, but then there was, it had to wait a while to add to their, their tally, but it was Cliff Walters, Ryan Bush uh, and Craig Duff all scoring in the last quarter of an hour. Yeah, 5-0 win for Buckland and welcome back to them. Now, Cadbury Heath, something of a shock result against Willand Rovers. Yeah, this must be one of the biggest shocks of the season, I think. Uh, a 1-0 win uh, at home to Cadbury Heath. Uh, so, yeah, Willand completely coming out of that. And it was Matt Buckley, hasn't he? Yeah, come back and hit the ground running for Cabra Heath, and he scored the only goal of this game uh, on the hour mark uh, to make it 1 0 to Cabra Heath, and that was how it stayed. Clevedon Town, um, they were in, uh, in, in, in impressive form against Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, 3 1 win at home for Clevedon. Cyter uh, Janay obviously scored midweek. Uh, also, goals from Dan Pardlow and Lucas Bouts are helping Clevedon to the 3 1 win at the Hand Stadium. Plenty of goals at Shepton Mallet, where the visitors were odd down. Yeah, and the visitors were 2 0 ahead. Carl uh, Norris, uh, and then ahead of Martin Stoll, had them, yeah, as I say, in 2 goal advantage. Uh, but unfortunately, they, they came unstuck a little bit, and it was Tyson Pollard who got, uh, got a goal just on, in first half stoppage time uh, to get Shepton Mallet back into the game. Uh, Isaac Reed then equalised. Uh, before Jack Goodall, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a belter from all accounts, um, uh, in injury time in the second half. So yeah, left it very late in this one, but they did overturn, overturn that deficit, and yeah, another comeback win, three-two uh, for Shepton Mallet. And the biggest crowd of the day, it was Street, and the visitors were Cribs. Yep, same outcome here. So the away team Cribs, uh, two 0 up, uh, <laughs> completely uh, upset in the fall. Uh, Charlie Alden scoring twice in the first half and it looked like Street's uh, winning run would come to an end at 24 uh, matches but obviously that didn't happen uh, Richard Fay's men um, scoring three goals in the first 
15 minutes uh, after half-time. Uh, ben Amgar, uh, Steve Murray, and then the winner coming from Lewis Waldy, uh, yeah, to confirm their promotion. Um, absolutely amazing performances uh, throughout the season. I think they've been, been the best side, and that's, yeah, that's been, been proven in their uh, dominance in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what, um, you know, we're, we're sort of, we're watching this winning streak continue in the same way that we're sort of waiting for them to be um, um, crowned champions. I mean, it's, you know, the Premier Division in the Western League has every, all the hallmarks of the Premier Division in the uh, in the professional league, isn't it, really, with the way that Street have gone about their, about their business. But, you know, incredibly impressive achievement. Fantastic that so many fans are going to watch um, uh, well, you know, and were there to enjoy that um, that moment for them. So, um, you know, we really must um, celebrate that. And uh, I very much look forward to speaking to Richard Fay on next week's podcast, um, when not only that pr- um, that promotion, of course, but also, um, quite possibly, um, the league um, may well be resolved one way or another. But yeah. um, um, that promotion really. Um, a fantastic achievement for for Street, for the for the players, for the management team, and of course everybody involved with the club. So our congratulations to them. And finally, in the Premier Division, Wellington they were at home to Bitten. Yeah, they were, uh, and a two 0 win uh, for Wellington and the Sons of Homeside uh, coming out on top. And it was Sam Towler who scored both of their goals, and that was yeah, two 0 win for Wellington. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand. And it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, moving down into the first division, Bishops Lydiard, they were at home to Corsham Town. They were, uh, and it was Corsham uh, who came on top, uh, came out on top. 2 1 win for them, uh, twice uh, scoring in the final seven minutes to overturn uh, deficit in this one. Um, <coughs> it was James Quick who put Bishops Lydiard ahead in just the ninth minute, uh, but then, yeah, as I say, two very late goals, Chay Forrester, uh, and then the winner coming from Matt Purdy, so an away win for Corsham. Right, and Bristol Telephones and Canesham Town. Uh, now, this, this match has almost the feel of a, of a derby. These two sides are geographically not very far apart, but you couldn't really get much further apart when you look at their positions in the league, and in particular the form guide. Um, Canesham running out easy winners here. Yeah, indeed. 5-0 uh, win for them. So obviously keeping up their winning run. I think it's up to six now in the league. Uh, ben Bamman, he's um, since his, arri- his arrival quite recently. He's um, yeah, pretty much scoring in every game. And he got them underway again. Um, very fruitful signing he's proved to be. And then top scorer Matt Brown adding twice, um, two more goals just before half time to make it three another break. So it's pretty much over from there. Uh, Scott Saunders uh, added a fourth uh, to completely kill off the game before Craig Wilson volleyed home a magnificent fifth uh, to make it 5 0. And that was how it stayed. So yeah, Kenshin, uh, pretty easy winners. And they, yeah, keeping the pace uh, with Roman Glass and Westbury. Now, a closer affair and between Chard Town and Carn Town. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Chard coming out on top in this one. So, yeah, uh, Talfeet Benfilem uh, and James Boyland helping them overturn a, a half-time deficit uh, to claim a, a 2 one in this one. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast. We spoke to him, of course, earlier in the season, but it's the joint manager of Carn Town. It's Ben Redford. Ben, thank you very much for taking uh, the time to speak to us. Um, a narrow defeat at way at Chard, but um, you were leading at half-time. What went wrong? 
Yeah, um, I think we started the game well. Uh, I think going down the slope helps at Chard. Um, we wanted to get a few goals to go ahead because uh, we put on a lot of pressure. Um, we only went in the one goal up. And I think if it wasn't for myself playing a goal, I think we might have held on for the win. But um, it's been a bit of a problem lately having a consistent keeper because we've been chopping and changing for various reasons. So, yeah, Chad come out well second half and I think they they put the pressure on and come out deservedly winners. I mean, have you played much in goal this season? No, that was my first game I've played in goal for about, I'd say, eight years. Oh, blimey. And I've not played at this level in goal at all. <laughs> well, I suppose we should congratulate you for only letting the two in, but... Um... Um, well, hopefully your goalkeeping situation will improve um, for the for the rest of the season. I mean, you, you've not been in the best run of form. I think it would be fair to say in in recent games. I mean, what do you what do you put that down to? No, we had a um, good little run. Obviously, we picked up a, a point against Westbury. Um, I think we won three games, two two before that, and then one after that. And then we had um, Cheddar at home got well beaten there and then since then we haven't really kicked on we lost the derby match against Park who come to our place and deserve to win really we just didn't turn up um, and yeah it's been difficult after that we've played some good teams but yeah we need to start winning really because we don't want to make losing a habit at the end of the season no, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that um, that draw against Westbury last month because that was something that certainly that was certainly a result that stood out for me. I mean, Westbury, um, Roman Glass, and of course Canesham have been sort of the standout sides at the top of the, se- uh, the, 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 uh, the the league this season. And I mean that you know, I mean this this week we've seen them scoring heavily against opposition. So I mean, you know, you you that that result in, you know must be pleasing. Um, I mean, if, if you look at it in the context of the rest of your season, um, which other sides have you come up against that have impressed you? Um, I'd say the top three are there for a reason. I think they're head and shoulders above the rest. I think the rest is a bit of a free-for-all. Um, anyone could beat anyone, as we always say in this league, but the top three are definitely by far the best. And I think whoever finishes third place and doesn't grow up will be disappointed. I mean, you, you mentioned just now the importance of sort of finishing on a good run of form. I think that confidence is such an important element in ensuring consistency. Um, most of the sides in the first division that have sort of have, have had good runs and then had a bad run, you can see it's very patchy and consistency is so important. I mean, has that been a frustration of yours? Yeah, me and Clive get frustrated when um, we'll have a good result and then what was happening in January, February is a game was getting called off so we couldn't follow it up with another good result but in the last month it's been you know bad result after bad result and it's, it's getting a bit of a bad habit so we're disappointed with that but we're hoping that we can get a win at Sherbourne tomorrow and then finish the season well because we've got one eye on next season And uh, what are the aspirations for next season? Um, main thing keep keep all the players we want to keep at the club together add a few more and I think I think the minimum target would be top half but if we get the players we want to get in um, I don't see why we can't challenge the top six 
Because there are only five games um, left this season. Uh, you've got Sherborne actually home and away. You've got Warminster, which you know, given their plight this season, um, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you'll, you'll be targeting um, that one um, for a, for a possible win. But you have got the challenge of going to Cheddar. So, in a way, there's still quite a lot that the rest of this season can tell you about the strength of your side. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, no disrespect to Sherborne or Warminster, but they're the sort of games we need to be winning um, but both of them fighting for their life so we know they're not going to be easy um, Cheddar they showed us what they can do at our place great side and I think the other game is Wincanton I think they're, they're yeah. in good form now so that's going to be another tough game but yeah it'll be good to see what the boys can do and then show that they want to play for the club and get going for next season I mean, you know, it's a bit of a cliche now, but, um, you know, the fixtures are coming thick and fast for you over the next um, few uh, few days. Um, only one home game left, though, this season. And, I mean, you haven't got as many fixtures as some of your competitors in the first division. Obviously, that's something of a testament to your ground staff for, for being able to get so many of your home games on. Yeah, the ground staff work hard, and to be honest, our pitch drains really well. Um, we had all that heavy rain before the Good Friday match, and the pitch drained really well. Um, a lot of people will say it's not the best of pitches to play football on, but we've only called off one home game this year, which is quite um, quite impressive, because you look at some, some teams, they've still got five, six home games left. So yeah, all credit to the ground staff. Now, we, we can get... Um, um, we, we can... We can have a chat about how we want to, or how you want to finish the um, the season and, and, and the form that the side are in. And I know it is disappointing when you you know you you, you don't go on um, a winning run. But in fairness, when we spoke last time, um, you talked about the importance of wanting to beat last season's points total. You've done that. So in, in in some respects, you can. Are you happy with the progress that the side have made this season? Um, yeah, obviously I didn't quite know what to expect before coming into the season like I said the main target for me and Clive was to definitely beat last season's points tally Um, we got to that I think over a month ago now well over a month ago so it's been disappointing really not to kick on since then because we did have a top half finish um, which we thought we could have got at some time but with these recent bad results it's not worked out that way but still still proud of what we've achieved really this season well you're certainly going in in the right direction and one last question well it's it's a plug more than anything you've got a very important match going on on Friday the 4th of May at the club do you want to tell us a bit about it yeah um, we have a charity match which is in aid of Prostate Cancer UK which will be um, Aaron Hopkins 11 which is basically all of the ex-count players against the current 11 so it's all for a good cause so everyone everyone's welcome to come on down um, kick-off is 7.30 but um, we'll keep everyone posted on social media so yeah it should be good well that's a great cause Ben thank you very much for your time and good luck for the rest of the season uh, but another very healthy win uh, in the first division this time for the home side Oldland Abertonians against Malmesbury Victoria yeah, I mentioned uh, earlier that Liam Gale would be getting another never mention, and this is where it comes. I mean, four goals um, after half time for him in this one. So, yeah, um, putting Malmesbury to the sword a bit. There was a red card early for uh, uh, the away side, so obviously they're up against it a little bit. 
but yeah, it was very much Liam Gale's afternoon scoring, as I said. Or not many players can, can say that, especially in one half of football. So yeah, uh, congratulations to him. There was also goals from the Joshes in the first half. That was Josh Southway and Josh Williams. So yeah, 7-0 winners, uh, Oldman in that one. Well, poor old Portishead, they're another side that can't buy a win, and this time the visitors will win Canton Town. Yeah, unlike uh, Canton, because that's now, I think, three in a row for them, so they're doing pretty well. Gary Chapman, uh, six-minute strides, so very early. But the deadlock in this one, uh, yeah, and that was how it stayed. So, yeah, one win for Wincanton away from home. Radstock Town, they took on local rivals Cheddar. Yeah, they did, and they staged a late comeback. Uh, so, four through fifth, so pretty... Pretty feisty affair. Um, all four goals, as I say, coming after half time. Uh, Callum Hound doing very well for Cheddar. Uh, he scored twice to put them ahead. Uh, yeah, before Morgan Skips obviously scored in midweek, and then Tom Stocks, uh, the captain, uh, managed to salvage a point for the home side. So yeah, that one finished two all. Uh, Roman Glass and George, another one of the teams at the top of the first division, and another one of these sides in impressive form. The visitors were Bishop Sutton. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Roman Glass and uh, Kenshin definitely was the. The best strike forces right now. Six-two winners. Uh, Roman Glass coming out on top in this one, and you never know. Goal difference may actually uh, make difference come the end of the season. It's already deciding top spot at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think these, these three teams are going to chase goals, which should be exciting. Uh, and it was Ryan Radford, uh, Reese Hodgson, and Kieran Green, and each scoring twice uh, for Roman Glass on Saturday afternoon. So yeah, six-two win. Uh, home to Bishop Sutton. And now Warminster Town. Uh, they came close, but no cigar against Welton Rovers. No, indeed. Stay uh, bottom, uh, following a 2-1 loss uh, away at Welton. Uh, Malik Jame uh, opened the scoring for Welton uh, before Courtney Charles, another goal for him this week, and that yeah, made it 2-0 to Welton. Uh, Matt Dyer did get a late consolation for him, but unfortunately, yeah, another, another defeat for that. And finally in the first division, it almost seems a modest scoreline when we look back over uh, the scores for Canesham and Roman Glass, but Westbury, uh, another strong performance at home this time to Sherbourne Town. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're going to keep winning, so um, they're probably going to yeah, look at their defence. Their defence is definitely, um, well, on paper better than uh, Roman Glasses and, uh, and Kenshin. So they'll be happy. Another clean sheet, uh, just a 3-0, but I mean, 3-0 is a good result. And it was Dan Kovacs again scoring twice pretty early on uh, to kill this game off. Uh, Jamie Jordan then added a, a free kick after half-time uh, to make it 3-0, and that was yeah, how it stayed. So yeah, these three teams are going to keep piling on the points and piling on the goals. So, yeah, it's uh, exciting stuff. Obviously, only about... Absolutely. Well, here end of the fixtures, um, and, and what a fixture schedule that was. That was. A, it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint today, Tom. As um, as we move into the uh, the midweek fixtures, starting on um, Tuesday, the seventeenth of April. Busy schedules again throughout this week and at the weekend. We start in the Premier Division. Uh, on Tuesday evening, so we have Bridgewater Town versus Bradford, uh, 7.45, uh, and then 5, 7.30 kickoffs. So we've got Buckland versus Willand, uh, Cadbury versus Cleveland, Shep the Mallet travel to take on Chiffin Sobbury Town, uh, Hallam versus Cribs, and then finally Street versus Bitten. And in the first division, Almondsbury against Wincanton Town, uh, Bristol Telephones take on um, Oldland Abertonians, both of those are 7.30 kickoffs. Cheddar against Ashton and Backwell United, and Malmesbury Victoria against Devizes Town, both of those are 7.45s. And then Radstock Town against Westbury United, and Welton Rovers against Chard Town, both of those are 7.30 kickoffs. As we move into uh, Wednesday the 18th, not too many games today uh, on that day, Tom. No, indeed. Uh, just the two games on Wednesday. Uh, one in either division, I think, in the 
Premier Division, we have Bridlington versus Wellington. Uh, and then in the first, we've got Sherbourne versus Cullen. And those are both 7.30 kickoffs on Wednesday evening. And then moving into Thursday, the 19th of April, in the Premier Division, Bridport take on Bitten. That's a 7.45 kickoff. And then Melksham at home to Bridgewater Town. Odd down at home to Buckland Athletic and Well City at home to Cadbury Heath. All of those games, 7.30 kickoffs, and we've got a few in the first division as well, Tom. Yeah, uh, quite a few. Uh, Almondsbury versus Bovenglass and George at 7.30, uh, which is also the time for Bristol Telephone against Caution. We've then got a 7.45 kickoff at Cheddar, where they take on Vicious Lydians. And then finally, three 7.30 kickoffs. We've got Porter's Head versus Radstock. Uh, Oldland travel take on Welton, and then finally Wincanton host Devizes. And that takes us on to Saturday, um, and another busy schedule, of course, in the Premier Division. Do you want to take us through those games, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Premier Division on Saturday, we have Bitten versus Willand, uh, we've got Bradford versus Buckland, which should be a good one, uh, we've got Bridgewater versus Cadbury Heath, uh, Clevedon, they travel to take on Bridport, Hengrove host Wellington, uh, we've got Longwell Green against Oddown. Shepton Mallet versus Hallen, and then also Street of chosen these wins, uh, they take on Bridlington. And in the first division, Almondsbury are at home to Portishead. Ashton and Backwell take on Roman Glass St George. Chard take on Oldland Abertonians. Cheddar entertain Carn Town. Devizes Town take on Bishops Lydiard. Canesham Town entertain Welton Rovers. Malmesbury Victoria, they take on Bradstock Town. Sherbourne Town entertain Bishop Sutton. Warminster Town are at home to Corsham Town. And Wincanton Town take on Bristol Telephones. I mean, as we look back over the week, Tom, are there any fixtures in other division that really stand out for you? Yeah, I mean, Tuesday night, I mean, um, so we've got the game between Buckland and Willand, um, which was postponed at Easter, uh, Devon Derby. Um, Willand obviously not having the best result on the weekend, so they'll be wanting to hit back in this one away from home uh, against Buckland, obviously. Yeah, their first game in quite a long long time on the weekend, so yeah, um, two teams in uh, interesting um, in patches of their season. And then also in the first division on that night, we've got Westbury, obviously one of the teams. Uh, chasing the title, take on Radstock away from home. So that will not be an easy, easy fixture. Probably one of the toughest they're going to face uh, before the season's out. And of course, it's very. Um, we we have to. One of the challenges, of course, of doing the podcast is that it's very time-sensitive, and by the time this goes out to air, it's quite likely that um, the uh, the fixture will already have happened. But um, bearing in mind not only the streak, but the importance of the fixture on Tuesday, uh, Street's home game against Bitten, uh, the league leaders only needing a point there to secure the title, and, of course, continue that incredible winning run, which has got them so many plaudits um, across the uh, the footballing press, which, of course, reflects not only very well on their club, but also shines a spotlight on our league, which I think is um, is very welcome. Uh, now then, we um, I don't believe we did the top goal scorers last week, Tom, so do you want to rattle us through who our hot shots are? Sure. Quite a lot of goals this week, so, uh, yeah, plenty of change along the uh, top of the list. So, in the Premier Division, Gary Higdon keeps going. Yeah, he's uh, 34 league goals now, I believe. Uh, and then, quite a way back, uh, 19, Steve Murray. Uh, he started finding finding back in the back of the net again. Uh, 18 for David O'Hare of uh, Street and also Sam Jordan of Bradford. In the First Division, uh, these are league, only, league, league goals only. Uh, we've got Dan Kovacs uh, of Westbury and Matt Brown of Kensham leading the way on 26. Uh, we then have uh, James Rustle, uh, further goal back. Um, he's at Bradstock and he's got 25 goals. Uh, and then Bowman Glass is top scorer, so Ryan Radford, he's on 21. Uh, in all competitions, it's Higdon on 36, uh, Rustle 28, and Murray and Brown on 27. 
Now, of course, we've um, we have talked to Gary Higdon on this program before. His um, goal-scoring exploits are record-breaking this season for Melksham, and um, I think we really need to sort of shine a bit of a light on James Rustall um, for Radstock Town. But one of the um, you know we've made reference to Street a few times in this week's podcast because they are, of course, going so well—a historic week for them in many respects. But Steve Murray and David O'Hare, um, fascinating for a club to get um, um, to prolific goal scorers obviously at the moment in the Premier Division those two are are second and third so hats off to Street for that achievement but here's another achievement for you Tom because I know you love goal scorers and I know you love statistics Bitten I want to tell you about Bitten 25 different goal scorers this season 25 different goals there you go the importance of getting the goals coming from all over the place there um, so that's quite a uh, that is quite a statistic it'd be very interesting to know whether any of our other member clubs have um, uh, have got a number of scorers individual scorers this season that can compete with that because that's um, quite a fascinating um, statistic that I've been I've been sent on Twitter so um, so thank you for that. Now, um, we'll have a look at the league tables and I'm going to let you take us through the Premier Division. Okay, okay. So obviously we've got Street at the top. Um, yeah, Street to Head, can't really say that every, every week, but they are um, on 89 points from their 33 games, uh, so five remaining for them, so they can, yeah, obviously are probably aiming for the, uh, the 100. Uh, we've got Bradford in second, they've also played 33, they're on 71 points, so they're 18 back. Uh, Melksham played 33 also, they're on 69 points. Uh, we then got Willand in uh, fourth, 31 games played, 65 points, uh, and then Buckland still only 27 games played, so another 11 for them if they can sit there, and uh, 56 points. Uh, so yeah, probably still chasing a couple of teams ahead, but that's uh, a lot of games in hand. Uh, down the bottom, uh, Wells they played 34, they've got 10 points. Uh, we got Longwell Green uh, in 19th, they played 33 games, they're on 16 points, so those two have been cut adrift quite a bit. Uh, and then Cadbury Heath, uh, 30 games played. Now, if we look into the first division, and it really is an incredible race at the top of the first division, Roman Glass have played 38, they have got 85 points. Uh, separated only by goal difference from Westbury, who have also played 38 and have also got 85 points. And the goal difference is that Roman Glass St George have got 68 and Westbury United are on 64 for their goal difference. And then in third place at the moment, it feels like they're a, you know, uh, a chasm away, but of course they're not. It's Canesham Town. They've played 38. They've got 84 points, so only one point behind Roman Glass and Westbury, although um, Canesham Town's goal difference is, is only 55. And then there's a, um, quite a skip and a jump. Um, between Canesham and Cheddar although interestingly enough Cheddar and Radstock both teams on um, 33 played 59 points that's five few, fewer games um, than the three um, leading sides in the first division so very exciting all the way down to um, number six which is Welton Rovers of course uh, played 34 they're on 56 points only one more point than devises in that race for the FA Cup places in the first division and then if we look at the bottom well closer certainly than it is in the Premier Division but we can certainly see a pattern beginning to form Warminster Town 
cut adrift. 37 played, 23 points. Above them, Portis Head. Still a glimmer of hope. 35 played, 27 points on the board. Uh, a game in hand over Sherbourne, who are just above them. That's 36 points. And um, thir- uh, 36 played and 30 points. And then just above them, it's Caution on 37 played with 34 points. So pretty exciting at both ends of the, of the first division. Now, before we wrap up proceedings on this on this mammoth edition of the um, of the Tool Station Westernly podcast, uh, one parish notice I would like to uh, to bring to the listeners' attention is the photo of the season competition. Now, I always particularly enjoy this uh, competition, not least because uh, a chap who's a very good friend of mine, John Newport, he he uh, won it in recent history. I know he's not the last uh, not the last winner. The last winner was, of course, John Cuthbertson, who um, many of you will know, particularly if you follow if you follow Western League football on uh, on social media. You often see John's excellent pictures covering games across the uh, across the league. Um, but it's the photo of the season competition anyway. John, as the previous winner, will be this year's uh, judge. Well, supporters, everybody really who uh, ever takes a camera or indeed a camera phone to a, a Western League game, as long as it's a Western League match or a Les Phillips Cup match, is being invited to send in five of their favourite pictures um, for uh, for judging. Um, this is always a very um, hotly contested competition, so uh, be fascinating to see what the uh, um, what does come in. Um, basically, um, you've got to submit your entry, including the date of the match, the name of the two teams, and whether, of course, it is a league game or a Les Phillips Cup match, and send it to webmaster at toolstationleague.com and entries close at midday on Sunday the 22nd of April so still time to get those entries in Tom thank you very much for your time um, today I'm sure with that extraordinary number of matches that we've been talking about um, you've had plenty to write in the non-league paper yeah absolutely Um, as I say plenty of plenty of stuff to write about in there so yeah that's in the step five and six section yeah as usual so that's yeah good fun Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. And, uh, of course, I look forward to catching up with you this time next week on the Tool Station Western League podcast.